Hey guys, it's Bitches Don't Brunch. I'm Liz. And I'm Montana. We've got quite an episode for you guys today. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we did do a previous mental health episode, but that one was more scripted, and I kind of just want to like do like a little free flow episode about it all. Um, we'll have some advice, and then I have some poetry to read by two of my good friends. Um, I have uh, some of my own poetry to read, and then other than that, we're just going to kind of ramble and see where we go. At least you got stuff. I didn't get anything. I yeah. actually had asked like two people and spe- specifically. Spe- exactly. I'm fucking tired. Specifically? Yes. Okay. I reached out to them and I was like, hey, do you have any poems about mental health? And they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. Because I posted that on my Instagram, but I'm shadow banned. So. Again? Yes. Because I keep, <laughs> I'm just trying to unfriend. I'm just trying to get down to the nitty gritty followers the ones that are like the ones I actually want to see, I'm down to like 1,700 from 5,000. Damn. Yeah, and I'm losing followers too, but I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care. People are weird about that. Like, you don't follow me, I'm not going to follow you. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I just, I don't think I care as much as I used to care. Like, I don't need a billion Instagram followers. I mean, I'd like it, but I mean, I don't really want to be following like 6,000 people. So yes. Talk about mental health, right? Yeah. And also I'm blocked on from doing anything on either of our accounts right now. So really even on the bitches don't brunch one. Yep. Look here. I'll go on bitches don't brunch. Why? They just punishing you? Yes. Look, see. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't do anything until the 20th. The which 20th? usually they let me have, yeah. Which two days. I can post and I can post stories, but I can't react to anything. I can't comment. I can't like. I can't add. I can't unadd. It's man, they mad at you, aren't they? It's because they think I'm a fucking bot. And I'm like, no, Instagram. I've literally been going through this by hand and unfollowing people. And I tried to like send them a long email, but Instagram never gets back to you. So thanks. I know. Instagram. I had someone like using my account on instagram what yeah i had someone like using my instagram account like a fake one it was like for sexy pics click on this link and blah 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 blah. and i and people kept messaging me and like they're like no it's not me and then they i had them report it and so many people were reporting it i was on instagram going this is not me blah 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 instagram doesn't do shit they don't care they don't care I've written emails. I've been like, they're like, tell us if you think we made a mistake. And I tell them like a hundred times, nothing. I'm like, fuck. Facebook's the same way. You can't get in touch with fucking anybody. I mean, they're owned by the same person. So it makes sense. I want to like all your stuff, but I literally cannot. (laughs) See, I'm going to just complain to Instagram because, uh, yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck Fuck them. So any updates in your world since we're... I'm um, doing it bi-weekly now. Literally nothing. Um, I've just been writing a lot and working out. Oh, shit. Wait, no. Of course, I have one update. Duh. So, obviously, I'm not going to name them by name. Um, but my friend D came to visit me. And I... Oh, I know where you're going with yeah, that. Yeah. I was going to ask you about it and I forgot. Yeah. Let's talk about it on here. Yeah, let's absolutely. Talk, let's talk about it. Talk um, about it. Let's talk about it. So 
D is my friend that I met in Asheville and she is like the one good thing that came out of Asheville. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so glad I met her, but like I could literally never visit that place again and be fine. Um, anyway, so I had a flash of Venus vibe inspiration one day when she asked me for if I knew a healer and I was like, I do. My friend Jay is a healer and different Jay than we've mentioned before on this podcast. Different guy. But they're both blondes, green eyes, oddly enough. He me tall Jay. Tall Jay. So that's true. That's my dad. Dad, my dad was called Tall John, but his name is not John. Anyway, so I had a weird flash of insight about Joseph, and then it was like all my like little Venus senses started tingling, and I was like, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, I'm setting them up. And I didn't tell him this, but I did tell her. I was like, I do have a guy, and actually, I think that. I think that you guys would be cute together. And she was like, mm, like, really? And I was like, yeah. And like, I had a feeling because I've always had my soulmate's name. I've always called him Panther. And like, she has always called her soulmate's name green. Now she didn't know if this meant he was green because he was working in environmental studies or he was green because he lived in Ireland or green was his favorite color. But she got like a message from spirit that green was something important about this soulmate. And the thing is, she knows and has felt that this guy, green, has been looking for her for a really long time and that they've both been having to heal and grow and find one another. So I didn't want to get anyone's hopes up and I wasn't like, it's green, um, even though he has very pretty green eyes. Um, but I was like, mm, I think you guys be cute together. <laughs> And I texted my friend Jay. I was like, hey, can I give your number to my friend uh, Dee? Uh, she needs a healer. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Give him my number. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then they started texting. And then they started having phone calls. You said they talked like for hours on the phone. Uh-huh. And then that is insane to me. They started doing FaceTime. And then she told me one day, she sent me two calls that they'd had in one day. The first call was six hours. Six hours? And then they called each other an hour later for another two hours. Oh, my. Good thing you don't have the free after, like, nine and weekends. Oh, Lord. How that used to be a thing. Well, my first love and I, I remember when I was in Ohio and he was in Florida and we hadn't met yet. And we would talk for, like, hours. And this was in 2006. So you know the phone bill was fucking crazy. <laughs> exactly, Grim. You weren't even born yet. You weren't even a dream. But anyway, yes, I'm glad that that wasn't the case with them. Um, it sort of started gradually transitioning from like a friendship into like maybe this could be something. But like Jay wasn't going to like say too much until they met like in person. And... It was just so cute. She was happy to see me. Like, don't get me wrong, but she was really excited to see Jay. And I was like, I get it. So you were there for it. the first, like, meet and greet. How, I, how was I it? Was, what happened? Was I it lightning? Was. So she was, like, so nervous. She was like, does this, does this, does this dress look okay? And I was like, I think it's a little too hot. Because she wanted to wear, like, black jeans with, like, a shorter dress. I was like, no, babe. No. She's like, okay, well, I also brought this one. It was this really pretty blue maxi. And I was like, bingo, gorgeous. She has really pretty blue eyes. So I was like, yes. And so where did, did we meet here first? Oh, yeah, we met here first and we all walked to North Star. Um, but anyways, like they saw each other and they were like, hi, hi. 
hey. And they were just like hugging. I think they hugged for like five minutes. I was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> I guess it's fine. And then they were just kind of like just standing there being like kind of awkward. And I was like, do you want to have a drink upstairs before we go? Not like a drink, but like a LaCroix or whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah. So it was very cute. You could tell they were like kind of like shy and like nervous around each other, but like definitely like feeling it or something. And it was just really cute. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I But I kept doing things. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, look at her. She has like the bluest eyes. And he's like, she really does. And I was like, and look at her smile. She's the best smile. And he's like, she's easy to smile at. And I was like, she is. She is. So we got back home and I was like, oh, God, look at the time. That's, oh, Grim needs a walk. I, you know what, guys? I, I'm just going to take him. I'm just going to go. Why don't you guys just just chill here? Just, just hang out. And they're like, okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, weren't they chilly on the porch? Yeah, so I came, so I took Grim on like an hour walk around Westerville. I was like, I'm just trying to stay out of their hair. Because I came back and they were gone. Um, I think they were on their own walk and then they came back in and, uh, she was just like literally grinning from ear to ear. Just like, it was the cutest thing. I love that so it much. It was so cute. And then I think they came in, they said hi to me for a little bit and then they're like, okay, we're going to go outside again. I was like, okay. <laughs> she was like, I don't care. They, God, like I barely saw her. I really did. I barely saw her because she was with him most of the time, which is fine. <clears throat> I was actually, that same night, I was in bed writing, just like my makeup was off. I was just in bed writing, just chilling. It was like midnight at this point. Um, <laughs> and like, they came in and they're just like, hey. And I was like, hi. He's like, I should probably go. Like big like stars in his eyes. And she's like, okay. And he was like, but I'll be back tomorrow. And she's like, okay and they were just like grinning into each other's eyes and just giggling it was so fucking cute i was like oh my god this is so fucking cute but anyway yeah i i, I saw her the next day but then he came um that night and they hung out again and then they hang out they hung out totally the next day because i had a million errands to run and then um i went to the book loft and, and gv with them and whatever but like <clears throat> They just could not stop holding hands, Aww. could not stop staring into each other's eyes. And like, I guess they kissed and like, she was like, I'm like ready. Like we can go. And he was like, no, we're going to be like slow and patient. Anyway, it was cute. And like, he's the kind of guy, like he like does not curse. Like he just doesn't. He's just so pure. Like I literally want to cover his ears when I say curse words. Cause I'm like, no, don't listen. You're too pure. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're too good. But I guess he told her, he's like, you scare the shit out of me, <laughs> which is so cute. But anyway, they're like officially boyfriend, girlfriend, Facebook official. So did he like ask her? I think that they both were just like, like, sh I think that they're soulmates and she's like, yes, this is my soulmate. I think he's in the same boat. He's like, yes, I recognize you. Like, this is like, we've been in other lifetimes together. Like I knew you the first second I saw you. Like, it's like. It's like very intense. Like she's going on his family's vacation with him and her baby in June. Oh my gosh. They're gonna move fast. If that's okay. If like you know, you know. Yeah. That's and okay. 
I know. I like when I met her, she was like, oh my god, we. I'm so sorry. We were like really loud talking on the porch because like yeah. my bedroom is like right I there. Know. But I must have not been in my bedroom. Or they were just like whispering sweet nothings to one another and being quiet. I was like, I didn't hear a thing. The only thing I saw was them when he, they were saying goodbye, they hugged for like ever. I know. As I'm so being like cute. this creep through like the window, just like staring at him. I know. I'm just trying to see what they look like. So I didn't meet her at that point. Yeah. I was like, I just want to see what these people look like. So I'm like being this creep stalker, staring out the window. They're cute. They're so cute. It makes me so happy. We've done good work. Matchmaker over here. I know. I fucking wish I could do it for everyone, but I don't have it for everyone. And I messed up with my friend erica so that sucks although to be fair i wasn't like you should date this guy i was like you should fuck this guy <laughs> don't date him though. but anyway i'll take that as as a success it's very cute. yeah so when they get married they have you to thank for it i li- i tell i'm speaking at your wedding and i'm speaking at her- theirs i said it i've said it multiple times you're just gonna say i told I you mean it. i fucking met- i mean it listen i gotta have some you know, accomplishments for sure. <laughs> now, I really need my heart tattoo. So if you guys could give me $600, I'd be great. Because I deserve to have a heart on my body. <laughs> well, when one of us gets married first, it's going to be her. The probably like three months later, she's like, Liz, he proposed. <laughs> Honestly, like, I really wouldn't be surprised because they have recognized each other from so many other lifetimes. And like, <clears throat> this isn't like a we're meeting for the first time and falling in love. This is like, Oh, like, you've been my soulmate in multiple, like... How old are they? I think Joseph is... I think Joseph's my age. So, like, 32, 33. Okay. I think Dominique... Dominique's, uh, like, 30. I'm not going to waste some time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I really... You know what you want? If you really know what you want, you don't need to waste your time. I agree. Go for what you want. Do it. That's pretty much all I have. I've just been working really hard on my writing and that's pretty much all I do. And now I feel guilty if I'm in bed watching something and I'm not doing something else, which probably isn't the best because now I feel bad if I ever like take a minute to relax and like, not I'm not doing something. You don't always have to be doing something, but I get where you're, I'm the same way. I also <clears> have like restless leg syndrome where I always have to feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. My life's been pretty fucking hectic right now anyway. So that makes sense. Do you want to talk about that? What? Your hectic life. My he- my hectic life. You? Um, I mean, I've just been... I calculated the other day when a client mentioned that she was moving. So that got to me thinking how many times I've moved. Oh, I moved no. seven times in ten years. Seven times in ten years. And I'm like, I'm so sick of moving. Girl, I'm with you there. I know you've done a lot, too. It sucks. So just trying to get everything situated and set up and moved over. Mm. And it just takes a lot of time, you know. And then just when you have drama with, like, the ex and everything, that's always fun when things come out now especially when you're right about shit i hate that and then it comes out it's like nice to like know you weren't crazy but it sucks because it hurts it doesn't even hurt at this point like nothing it really doesn't i literally have no feelings other than i'm just angry yeah so i get it you have every right to be angry he's kind of make you made you feel like poop about a lot of stuff when he's doing very similar things yeah, so just trying to get things moving, going out a lot more, doing more stuff. It's 
So I feel like I haven't been this busy in a long time. And it actually feels nice. Good. Yeah. You deserve that. Yeah, I think so. Anything else you want to add? Anything else? You don't have to. <laughs> I like how you're trying to get me to say it. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, honestly, we can we can move on and talk about Rex and stuff. That I'm seeing somebody. You are. I you am seem, seeing somebody. Seem pretty happy. I am happy, yes. There you go. Yes, I am. That's all you guys need to know. I know all the nitty gritty, but... <laughs> Every time, like, something spooky happens, he blames me, or he was like, did Liz, like, hex me? He's like, was Liz involved in this? <laughs> no, I don't hex people. Yeah, I was like, ah, for some reason, she actually likes you, so not yet. Yeah, no, I don't do hexes. I've thought of doing hexes, and I would if someone really fucking needed it, but I try not to dabble too much in the black magic, but I definitely do a freezer spell on him. If he doesn't uh, wash himself. <laughs> Better watch yourself. Sir. Quiet, sir. sir. You have any recs this week? Um, The movie I went to see this week was the newest Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, how was that? Uh, really? Well, everyone I saw it said that they cried and it was sad. Oh, no. You know me, Miss Dead Inside. You're not dead inside. It was. Did you ex- ever figure out your rising inside? inside? No. Damn. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> it was extremely sad. I don't do, even though it's not real, I don't do well with animal deaths. I don't do well with animal experimentation. I don't do well with animal abuse. Mm-hmm. And I just. I couldn't get past the fact that that all was happening. Ooh, just there's like, animal abuse? Oh, I don't like that. It's, uh, it's obviously not real animals being abused, but it's just like, because you learn about like Rocket's backstory and it's just too depressing uh-huh. for me and it was really sad. That sounds terrible. Other than that, it was a good movie, but stuff like that will fuck me up for a while. Like the next day, like at work. I was, like, still fucked up from it. So, they just went a direction I didn't see coming, I should say. So, uh, that's the only movie I watched this week. So, there's that. I mean, I can give you a non-rec and a rec. Ooh, go with non-rec first. Yeah, um, one sec. Hold on, I have to look up the name of it because we just watched this the other night and I hated it. I fucking hated it. Have you seen it before? No. My boyfriend wanted to watch it. Yes. Okay, yes. Um, It's called Upstream Color. And it's a sci-fi. And like you, I don't do well with animal abuse. No. I don't, I don't, I don't like animal abuse. My big three, I don't want sexual trauma or animal abuse or child abuse. That's my big three. Don't don't show me movies like that. Like that's that's my hard and fast rule. There were like two scenes you had to like flip through, and I just couldn't watch. But basically, like the concept, I'll I'll read from here because I'm yeah. gonna explain it weird. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A man and woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle in a life cycle of an ageless organism. Identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives. That explained nothing. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain what it was. So, basically, in the beginning of the movie, you see this person collecting these little worms and then making tea out of them. 
And then basically whatever that person does, whoever he gives the mixture to does the exact same thing. So like it's mimics perfectly mimics. Yeah. And then like, so basically you end up seeing him like force feeding this worm into this woman. And like, I already knew it was going to happen because they had kind of hinted at it with some previous scenes, but basically he hypnotizes her and it's just dark. He ends up taking all of her money. Like he hypnotizes her into giving away all her money and giving it to him. Cause he's like, Oh no, your mom just called. She's being held for ransom and she needs money. And he's like, do you have any money? And she's like, do you have any money? And he's like, no, do you? It was, it was very dark. And then anyway, so that woman, I won't give away the whole thing, but basically she meets someone that has undergone similar things and, yeah, it, there's basically a parasite in her blood, and you can see it crawling in her Ew. skin. It's really fucking weird. And he's like, but the ending was happy. I was like, you call that a happy end? I guess. You would have hated it, Montana, because there were pigs. Nope. I no. know. No. No. I looked at him, and I was like, if something happens Your to the Your boyfriend gets a pigs, shout down. He gets a so- shout down. Someone else is getting a shout down today, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> but anyway. I looked at him at one point and I was like, is something going to happen to the pig? And he was like, uh, and I was like, is something going to happen to the pig? And he was like, oh, fast forward it. And I was like, what are my three rules? No sexual trauma, no animal abuse, no child abuse. You're breaking the rule. Anyway, it was a fucking weird movie and I did not like it. I'm sorry. It was fine. It was interestingly shot. No, you you, get a shot down, boyfriend. No, (laughs) it wasn't. Great. Oh, but I do have a good wreck. Okay. My wreck is a podcast. Um, it's called Ologies. It's basically very different from our podcast, but this woman basically explores all these different kind of ologies, like theology and like Scientology. Well, Scientology, no, maybe. But basically just like all these things, she talks to like experts in that field. So I've listened to podcasts about bees and... Um, Cuttlefish and squid, vampires, museum. If you like science, then you'll like this one because it's got like, it's got ologies on anything, but like she's done so many. Like I listened to one about dreams, which was super interesting. And today I listened to one about like, um, apparently vampirology is an ology. There's actually a guy who studies vampire folklore. So, you know, I had to listen to that one. (laughs) Duh. So she's, and she's really funny and the way she edits them is really cool. So really, really good, good, good podcast. Not depressing at all. Like upstream color. Interesting. <laughs> so okay. Yeah. She makes signs like funny and funny and fun and interesting. And her guests are pretty cool. So recommend. Okay. So if it's like the cuttlefish is just about them, like facts about them, you learn about them, you mean like that type of stuff? Yeah. So it's like experts in the field, like explaining to you things about them, which is pretty fascinating. Like they're usually like an hour, an hour and a half long. Like I learned a lot about bees that I didn't know. That's interesting. Like they choose certain, like certain bees to be queens and um, they feed them this, like, special jelly that, like, doesn't have protein because, like, that'll, like, shape the bee differently into, like, a queen because queens, like, look different than, like, the worker bees and the rest of the hive. Mm-hmm. But apparently, like, they make a few queens at a time. And so, like, the first queen will, like, wake up and do, like, a little, like, like a little call to the other queens. 
And like the other queens are still kind of like half asleep and they're like, oh, hey, what's up? So sleeping. And that queen's like, ha ha, gotcha, bitch. And then she kills them all. Hostile environment. Very. Why does she kill him? She's like, I'm the queen bee, bitch. <laughs> Damn. So crazy. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. We won't we won't go into it because I can tell you're about to go on a rant. I have many feelings and yeah, you probably shouldn't get me started. Because like I love learning about things. So this one's really fun. Anyway, so on off weeks you guys can listen to ologies because it's very different from us. Or you can just like re-listen to our podcast because we're <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Okay. I do have a shot down. Oh, yeah. Who is it? Someone you know, actually. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not G again, is it? No. No. Actually, it's your friend D, who was kind of a dick the other night. (laughs) Explain. Okay. So I got that text, right, from you. Yeah, to come downstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, here's the thing. So I came downstairs and there's this guy I haven't seen him in forever. I'm just going to tell the users, the users, the users, <laughs> the users. Oh, you guys, users. I'm so tired. The listeners, this story. So he comes down and he's like, I guess he like didn't believe that I worked with him or something. I yeah, he doesn't guys. believe me. Yeah, he just like kept like he was just like, oh, yeah, I don't remember you at all. But like the way he said it and the way that he did it. There are ways and then there are ways. And the way that he went about it seemed like a bit of like a manipulative tactic to me. It seemed kind of like done in such a way as to make the other person feel inferior that like he didn't remember me. Like, listen, bro, I don't give a fuck if you remember me or not. I literally could not give a shit. But you don't have to sit there and tell me to my face like five times that you don't remember me at all, even while you're looking at me. And listen, this is all on me. I'm not saying Montana feels this way, but I think it was a kind of douchebaggy thing to do to someone because personally, if someone comes up to me and I don't recognize them, I'm not going to say it. I might be like, oh yeah, hey, how are you, Bella? You know, looking good. I don't know. But to make someone, to look someone in the face and tell them constantly, it felt a a bit manipulative to me. And as if he was trying to get to me by telling me so many times that he like had no recollection of me. Again, I couldn't give a fuck if you don't remember me or not. But don't speak to people that way. It's rude and it's uncalled for and it's manipulative. And that's all I have to say. I just had to say it because I thought it was really fucking rude. That sounds like him. I don't like him. And I've not made a secret of that. And he is definitely, you have made an enemy out of me, sir. If you're listening to this, you have made an enemy out of me. I've had a, like a lot of people ask me, even my ex, for example, if anything like has ever happened between me and Dee. And I'm like, no, because like mentally we're just not there. He's a dick. He is a dick. Like he is a very beautiful looking man, but he is a dick. You are a dick. You're a dick. Yeah. You don't look a woman in the face and tell her you don't remember her that many times if you're not trying to bruise her ego again. So I also feel like I'm the only woman that calls him out on his bullshit. Mm. So that's why I'm like his vent too. If he wants to vent and talk about things. Mm Because I'm like, well, mentally we're just not there. But I'll listen to your problems and tell you when you're being an asshole. I don't mind calling him out on here either. He's a dick. And I could see, I know men that use this fucking tactic on women. I've fucking seen it before. 
I mean, you're probably right. They do. They see like a very attractive woman and, or whatever. I'm not saying I'm like super hot guys, but I'm just saying, this is what I've heard. I've heard, I've literally heard guys on podcasts talking about this, how they'll see a woman, she's really hot. And then they're like, how can I decimate her confidence so that she'll go out with me? It's fucked up, but it's something I've seen. I don't think that was the case here. I think he was just being a dick and a little manipulative, but like literally not cool. So watch out. That's all I'm fucking saying. Listen, I'm not. That who is end up going to get hexed right there. That guy could get (laughs) hexed. Honestly, like, yes, there are things. Yeah, no, he, he should watch out. I am not the same person I was. What was that like? eight years ago. Oh my God, shut up. I am not that person. I'm not even the same person I was two years ago. I have fully embraced my fire and I will literally kick your ass. And I'm not saying physically, but I got spells, motherfucker. (laughs) I got people on my fucking side. I got some shit. I got some power. Watch the fuck out. And by the way, how about you try and treat women better? Because the way you treat them is shitty to get that off my chest i was pretty pissed off about it i can tell yeah that's it that's my only shout down so mental health huh all right anyway mental health moment don't let guys walk all over you and your feelings and that's all i have to say it's a good segue into the mental health episode because uh don't let people don't let anyone don't let anyone dictate how you fucking feel amen don't do it don't do it all right so, as I said today, I thought we would talk about mental health. I thought that we could start with, like, um, like the questions or whatever, and then we okay. can kind of lead into a topic, and then maybe, like, end with the poetry. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So, I had a question from someone. Uh, they DM'd me on Instagram, and they asked about how to support someone with bipolar disorder. Um, which obviously I'm diagnosed bipolar and I have a lot of things to say about this, but I think like first and foremost, just be like a safe space for them to come to. Um, I actually had some issues in the past few weeks. Um, I wasn't sleeping and I, my symptoms, my bipolar symptoms were flaring up. Um, and those can include like psychosis and delusions and hallucinations. And it can be really, really, really scary. And I haven't had anything like that intense or bad happen to me since I was 19. So I was scared shitless basically. Um, and it was good to know that there were people that I could come to and talk to that about who were like my safe space. Because it's not an easy thing to tell someone that you're having like auditory hallucinations or that like you can't distinguish day from like you can't distinguish your waking life from your sleeping life as easily anymore. And that's when you know your bipolar disorder is getting bad and you need to go to the doctor, which I did and I'm fine. I really just needed sleep, but that's a big thing. Being in a safe place and not being judgmental because you can say these things to people and they can react in a certain way, leaving you forever feeling unsafe with that person. I remember talking to my last ex about uh, some sexual trauma that had happened to me and he was kind of, 
I don't know. We got in a few arguments about it because I just kind of clammed up when they started like asking more probing questions and I just didn't feel safe. Uh, and we got in like really big fights about it. And I, I don't really think I ever felt safe with him in that way and opening up in that way again. And that's, that's also a hard one because you don't never know if people are going to blame you for what you wore or getting into the car with the guy or whatever the case may be. So just be a safe place. And that goes for anyone with like any mental health issue, like be a safe place for your friends to come to be a safe place, be a non-judgmental safe place. And I think also, you know, if, if you're concerned about your friend, maybe like gently bringing it up with them being like, Hey, are you okay? You seem like a little off. Is everything okay? Like just like checking in with them is a really good thing. I think, because I think sometimes when I'm in, when I'm manic, I'm, I'm fine. Getting there, I feel great sometimes, but it's the depression. Like I can go so deep into myself that I cannot see a way out. And I start to think that I don't have any friends and that I'm just like, um, like a total loser and like the world would be better off without me. And like, I'm, I'm not, I haven't actively like tried to commit suicide in, um, like 12 years, but has it come up now and again? Yeah. Suicidal ideation is probably something I will always have to struggle with when I am in the darkest of the darks. So just like even reaching out to your friend and being like, Hey, I see you. I love you. I know you probably can't talk right now, but like, I'm there for you and I love you and I care for you. I think that means a lot because when I get those messages, when I'm in that dark place, it is so affirming and nice to know that even with all my issues, people still love me. So that's a good one too. Do you have anything to add about things that you would like people to say for anything, not just bipolar disorder? Well, I can't relate to the bipolar disorder. That's fine. You um, had like anxiety and depression there for a while. Um, I mean, just what you said, just any type of reaching out or checking in on your friends, even mm-hmm. and your happy friends, I think is very important mm-hmm. to know that you are a safe place, um, mm-hmm. support wise. And if anything you can help with, I think they need to hear that. Mm-hmm. I think they need to hear that they're loved. I don't know. I think that support is probably the number one thing that most people need. Mm-hmm. I agree. And a lot don't get, unfortunately. No, it is really sad how often people don't get that love and support. Or how many people go undiagnosed. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, we want to break the stigma around mental health, which is why I want to do episodes like this periodically, because it's such... Despite being, like, a hot topic of conversation, there's still a stigma where people, like think that it is entirely a mindset and that you can like talk your way out of anxiety and depression. There is worry and then there is anxiety. There is sad and then there's depression. There are mood swings and then there is bipolar. There are things that, yes, like a little sunshine, a little exercise, maybe take some St. John's wort, like you know, get back in your spirituality, meditate, journal, like, yes, all of those things are great and should be used with other things. 
But if you have actual anxiety disorder or depression disorder or bipolar or borderline or schizophrenia or like any of those things, this is not something that you can tackle alone. You need help in the form of therapy and a lot of times medication. And like, I just want to go on the record and say this, like my bipolar disorder doesn't define who I am. I am not me. I am less of myself when I am in the midst of a bipolar manic episode or depressive episode than when I am stable and on medicine. Like that girl is the real me. That girl who is on the medication, who is doing the work, that's me. But this other girl that comes out like recently, even with just like the paranoia and then the things happening, like that's not me. That's my disorder. And I think a lot of people can like get themselves and their disorders confused Of course, like having bipolar disorder has, I think, made me very empathetic and sympathetic and compassionate for people in the mental health community and and generally for people everywhere. And it has also given me, I mean, I've been to the highest highs and the lowest lows, and, and it does give me a lot of material to work with. But the thought, I mean, even in the last few weeks when I saw myself spiraling, I was like, I don't want to go back to that place. That place was utterly terrifying to be in and just even like the little remnants and scraps of it that were coming up was terrifying to me I never want to go back to that place it was very scary being undiagnosed bipolar and unmedicated and an alcoholic it was a fucking mess so yep I obviously have a lot to say on mental health (laughs) that's okay I think more people need to hear it And honestly, like, if you're, like, if you're afraid that you might have something, I mean, talk to, talk to a therapist, talk to a psychiatrist. Mine went undiagnosed for years. um, And by the time that I had been officially diagnosed, I had already begun to self-medicate with pot and with alcohol. I mean, both depressants, right? Like, which is great when you're in a manic mood. I mean, really, no, not really, but it's better when you're in a manic mood. But if you put depressants when you're already in a depressive mood, it's not good. Yeah. And I'm bipolar one, which means that, um, I do have the intensity of all the bipolar symptoms, um, which can be exhausting, but I will say that if you think that you're bipolar, like my medication, just being on my medication has truly helped me. It really has. I mean, I thank God every day that I was born into a time where I can take medication for my bipolar disorder because I honestly think I'd be absolutely nuts by now if I didn't have something to stabilize me. So I can give my tea for a second, girl, because I'm talking a lot. Well, I mean, you, you're more relatable on this topic. And like I said, I think more people need to talk about it and hear about it and know that they're not alone if they're feeling like how you feel. And I agree. I think help is very important. I think that a lot, like for me, for example, who's really stressed the fuck out, but hides it very well and just keeps pushing it stuff down. I'm about to explode one of these days. It's not bueno. No. So for me, that's how I deal with my stuff. Don't push it down. I know. That's not but good. I hide it, but you can't tell. That's not good, girl. You gotta let out. I know. So I'm saying this is good. I think what you're doing is good. You're 
Expressing emotions that need to be expressed. I have never been one to shy away from my emotions. <laughs> but I get it. I mean, I mean, I'm bipolar and an alcoholic and I lost my father. And those are three big things <laughs> that I've had to deal with. So, I mean, I get it. I, I do get it. I mean, after my dad passed away, I, I, like you, shoved everything way deep, 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 deep down. And it took a while to heal and grieve and heal and grieve. And then, obviously, I had a very toxic relationship on top of losing my father um, that I also had to grieve, which was hard. If you have the right support system... And by support system, I mean friends and like therapy and possibly medication and like whatever makes you feel good. Like I feel good when I go dress up and take photos as a fairy. I feel good when I write in my journal. I feel good when like I watch a sad movie and cry. I feel good when I'm out in the sunshine walking with Grimmy Baby over here who's looking so adorable right now. You know, these are all good things. And you know, going through therapy this past like year and a half, like I need a new therapist, honestly, but it like really does kind of open you up and like make you look into things about yourself that you need to heal. And I'm going to combine spirituality and science here because that's me. <laughs> I have a lot of root chakra issues, which come with, um, the feeling of instability in your life and, uh, Issues with finances, which I personally have dealt with my entire life. My parents have always worried about money. And yeah, I get it. I mean, I feel like half the people I talk to right now, we're all worried about money because the economy tanked before we grew up and it sucks. So yeah, that's something I'm working on within myself. Like, why do I have these feelings of instability? Where does this come from? Like, when did this start? And so shadow work can be a really great tool for that. And actually I did link it um, on our story on our Instagram today, but I can like send anyone some shadow work prompts if you want. Huh? Not right now. Oh, I know. By the time this comes out. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So if you are interested in shadow work, I can, you can Google it or you can ask me and I, like, I will be happy to help you, but I just think it's a really good idea to be looking into these parts of your psyche to discover more about yourself because really I think that's what it's all about. So <laughs> yeah, that was a long rant of what to do for your friends. And it kind of just whoop, veered off and did something entirely different. That's okay. So yeah, I just think this is a, a really important thing to be talking about. Um, and I, I mean, I wish we had more people here like, I would love to talk to someone with schizophrenia. I would like to have someone on with borderline personality disorder or OCD. And there's just like so many things within the mental health community that I personally cannot speak on. I can sympathize and I want to learn more and I would like to educate more. So I don't think this is going to be like the first or last. I mean, it's obviously not the first, but I don't think this is going to be the last time we discuss mental health because I want to keep hammering at the stigma until we can talk about it openly. That's good. And the fact that you shouldn't be ashamed of it either. No. No. And it's stupid because, like, I have had, like, that worry. Like, oh, my God, I have to tell people. Like, I have to explain I'm bipolar. Like, I had this with my current boyfriend. Like, I had to 
telling them, I was like, I'm bipolar and I'm sober and I have like sexual trauma. And like, it was like a bit of an issue at first, honestly. Um, it was a bit of a hot button issue with us at first. And, uh, it took me a while to trust him again after he got a little strange, um, at my revelations, I suppose. And, uh, that's a, that's a hard thing to come back from when you see someone like look at you and like this, like the way that their facial expression changes and their eyes kind of flicker and you can almost like sense them pulling away. And it's, definitely a hurtful thing. And bipolar definitely has a stigma around it. But like, I mean, if we're talking like borderline or schizophrenia or something like that, but, or even narcissistic personality disorder, which like, I want to get into that, but, but there is a major stigma around those as well. And I can't imagine the hurt that anyone with any of these disorders feels when someone pulls away after a diagnosis. I mean, like, like we saw that in crazy ex-girlfriend with Rebecca. Yeah. If you want to speak to that while I take a drink. She went down that rabbit hole so hard. She did. But she also got diagnosed a lot later in life. She was behind. It kind of makes me feel better because remember like when she's talking to the her therapist and she's talking about how her friends are all getting married and like having like wanting to talk about babies and oh, getting houses yeah. and uh I feel it mm-hmm. yeah but her therapist was like she's like I just feel like I'm behind and her therapist was like well you are and Rebecca was like oh oh <laughs> and she's like Rebecca like you've just got a diagnosis like you're just like finding out who you are and like feeling okay and like you know getting medicated and getting therapy so yes of course you're going to be behind your peer going to be behind your peers remember that episode yeah but it's also in my mind it's not you're behind it's just you're taking a different path i agree i i hate the whole like because this is what society says we need to do as a whole and it's not we all have different paths. And I do say, I do like that that is opening up to us now. Um, just like all these different paths and possibilities. I mean, the fact that so many people are like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's take an RV. Let's go on the road. Let's blog about it and vlog about it and say, fuck mainstream society. I like it. I like it too. Can um, I do it? No. <laughs> I couldn't either. I did it for a couple months, but the van life. I mean, the whole gypsy soul and all that, but the van life is still not for me. No. I would get tired of it real fast. We're just all on different paths, and I don't like the you're behind, because no one's behind. Nope. Yes. Don't feel behind because your path is different than anyone else's. Just do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And if getting married and you don't want kids is what makes you happy, then that's great. Yeah, look back at our previous episode. We had, like, that one couple that said they, they didn't get married and they don't want to have kids and, like, that works for them. And I was like... Yeah, as long as, like... Solid. I come to a point where I do want to get married and if people don't but the relationship is, like, super happy, mm-hmm. then that's all that matters. Yeah, who fucking cares? Yeah. I even had a, a pregnant woman come in because I do prenatals mm-hmm. and she was talking about how people with kids think that they're happier but there's no difference if you have kids or don't have kids. Actually, I've heard that not having kids makes you significantly more happy. You feel more fulfilled when you have kids, but less happy. 
Ooh, that's a tough choice. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be happy. I'd rather be happy than I'll fulfilled. be fulfilled. But like, but, fu- but like fulfilled could be different things that what makes mm-hmm. you fulfilled. Like for me, traveling makes me feel so fulfilled. Uh, yeah. Because everyone's like, you need to find hobbies, and I'm like, traveling is my hobby, and I can't yeah, do it all the you're time. A so when I can, when I can actually have that time to do it, I feel the most fulfilled. Well, you're learning about new places and learning about different cultures and learning about yourself. Like it's not just like traveling is just traveling for you. Traveling is like a learning experience. So that's definitely a yeah, hobby. Because I'm not a person that goes sits on the beach for a week, the same vacation every week. But that's, oh, I can't do it every year. But I do. Like but that's just not me. I can yeah. do like a beach for a day. Then I'm like, if I'm going to be in this town or city, I want to see what oh, I can. Oh, yeah, same. Like when same. we were like, during a Salem trip, like you and I never sat still. No, I like, like that, that. That's what I mean. We were trying to fit everything in. Mm-hmm. We fit so much in. We're like, what is there left to do? I know. <laughs> oh my God, shit. Well, we're like, we got like three days in yeah. Boston. We're like, we're done with Boston. Fuck Boston. I still have Boston stuff come on my Instagram. I'm like, No. No, one I don't day, want to see one, you, Boston. One day in Boston, that we was could enough. not. Ha- I hated it there. I but, cried. I, but the but you and I knew that, and so we found other stuff to do within yeah. the vicinity. But we, we never stayed in that little town, and we walked to that through that park. To, that I've never been in a movie theater that has escalator like that elevators, elevators to get to the floor. We saw Black Adam. We That's did. What we saw. I like that. And because we, we were like, no, we're not fucking going back to Boston. No. And I think we hung out with my cousin Joe one we day. We did. And he showed us some stuff. Yeah. This like private beach and everything. Military stuff. Yeah. And we hung out with him and talked for a while. We talked about your relationship, actually. Yeah. Maybe was your ex. Yeah. Good. Even though he was like defending him. And I'm like, bro. <sighs> bro. I love you, cousin Joe. I love you. But yeah. You and I do travel that way because. Yeah, like, if I go to, like, back to my hometown to St. Augustine, like, I'm, like, been there, done that, seen Yeah, everything. that's different, though. Like, you're just, so. like, you're there visiting family. Yeah. Like, that's different. But when, that we I go, understand. when we go to Portland, like, I got shit to do. I'm going to uh, do some Yeah, shit. we're going to be tired because yeah. we ain't going to stand still. Yeah, exactly. Bigfoot, we come in. Exactly. Get ready. You fulfill with traveling, feel fulfilled when you're traveling. Yeah, which I think like it's a true fulfillment for me. You're a gypsy. And people you're don't like, get that. You're like literally a gypsy. You look like a gypsy. You are a gypsy. And people that don't understand that, they're just fucking jealous. They don't have the means to do it themselves. I get it. I want to travel more. I don't have the means currently, but I will. I'll go with you all over the place. Currently, I find fulfillment within my writing and like taking photos and connecting with people. And that's great. That's cool. So everyone has their own fulfillment. Yeah, you don't just, have to. Have it doesn't have kids. to be the same, and it doesn't have to be fulfilled because kids give you the fulfillment. If you know you've always wanted to be a mom, that's fine. That's great for you. Mm-hmm. And you have kids because that's what you love and yeah. that's what you wanted. Great for you. Yeah, I don't. If that's what you want, cool. I haven't wanted kids since like 15 years old, so it's still like a weird. I don't know if I want them or not. Same. Not like I have much time left. Figure it out. I am feeling the pressure from society, though, and I'm really trying to back Same. out of that because society doesn't make my choice. I make my choice. Absolutely. And I should not have to feel that pressure from society that I'm doing something wrong because yeah. I'm a woman and capable of having kids, and totally. I choose not to. Exactly. So like leave me it. alone, society. I like it. Find joy where you find joy. Like, do things that make you happy. Like we talked about this when someone asked about hobbies, we're like, well, what do you like? Like for you, it would be like 
hiking, traveling, like, like going to new places and seeing new cultures and trying new foods and Mm -hmm. like things like that. Like, I mean, you did the entire Appalachian Trail. I would never, I admire the fuck out of it though. I sent you that thing. I was like, I'll go camping if it looks like this. With yeah, the glamping. The, yeah, I'll, I would do it. I would I'll, still do it. I'll fucking glamp the. We'll shit start. Out we'll start just small. We'll do a cabin. We it, do a cabin, right? I'll do a cabin. Okay. I can do a cabin. I, I, I've I, seen you hike. We went hiking in Salem. Yeah, I like hiking. Hiking is nice. I like to hike. You just have to hit it like a cabin that night instead of like a tent and. But yeah, I'm poop not, in the woods and. Uh, your girl's definitely not pooping in the woods. Girls don't poop. <laughs> girls don't poop. Anyway, yes. So everyone finds fulfillment and happiness in different ways, and we don't need to, like, pigeonhole ourselves into, like, concepts of society that are outdated. No, and I think this is also the stigma around mental health is mm-hmm. when you have all this social media of also telling you this is what makes you happy, this is how it needs to mm-hmm. be, this is what you need to follow... Social media is so fake. It's so fake. I I just did that whole post about that on our Bitches Don't Brunch, actually, um, on our Facebook page, because I've taken this month to do a lot of mental health stuff. And it is, like, I love the accounts where, like, the girls are, like, this is how I look in this photo. This is how I look in real life. And I'm, like, solid. Yeah, I do like those. Yeah. Like, like I said, like, you could be looking at some Instagram influencer and she's smiling under a waterfall in this beautiful bikini and she has perfect abs. She's tan and she's gorgeous. You don't know what's behind the scenes. Have you seen the Coachella ones where they fake being at Coachella? And I've they heard show of that. You how? That's fucking crazy. Why? Would... It's all you. Social media is fake. It's so fake. Like. I have posted some of my, like, best pictures, like, when I'm in the deepest, darkest depression. Well, that's, like, with your perfect family, right? And your perfect husband. And you post a mm-hmm. lot of perfect family pictures. And mm-hmm. it's, like, deep down. The more you behind, post, like, the more I worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, behind those doors, yeah. what's really going on? Right. Well, like, I still remember, like, my last ex, like, he proposed to me. And I basically didn't want to post anything about it because... I, I just, I'm not even gonna get into that right now. That's a whole other fucking episode. I, that's like a whole podcast anyway. Um, but like, finally, like we were like, we were good. We were together. We like took these beautiful pictures out in the snow and I held up my finger and did all like, we're engaged and like behind closed doors. Like it was like a few days after that, we were like screaming, we were fighting, we were crying. Like, and it was so dramatic, but like no one saw that they saw what I fucking posted because social media is a highlights reel. And then the other thing about it is that these social media companies are smart. They fucking understand that these likes and comments, they're like little dopamine hits to our brain and we fucking feed off of that. Like, and if we aren't getting enough likes and comments, like we're going to feel that because they have programmed us this way. And like, don't even get me fucking started on how we're all being brainwashed into only being able to watch 30 second videos. Like it's madness. And I catch myself doing it too. I'm like, Oh my God, this video is more than a minute long. Bye. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're, they're reprogramming us. I actually, insanity. I actually keep my dating life private. Like no one knows anything about my dating life. Like I dated the same guy for four years and no one knew because I don't post social media. I don't post any of that on social media. I'm just like too much of a me. (laughs) 
to like not. But I don't need to post like long, loving posts that drip with honey and syrup like every single time. Like I'll post photos. You do that with your friends more than your relationship. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. I'll talk about my friends all day. Fuck yeah. I mean I'll talk about you. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about my friends, my family, my sister all day. But my relationship, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I don't really feel like I want to talk about it that much. I don't like talking about my relationship, so that's why I stay private. And sometimes when I would be like, oh, my boyfriend, I'm like, wait a minute, you got a boyfriend? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that guy, like, asked me out, and I was like, I have a boyfriend, dude. <laughs> like, what? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I didn't know. I was like, fair, I don't post about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's my Instagram and my Facebook or any of my social media accounts, nothing. Exactly. And, I, like, sometimes I post things that I'm sure, like, people look at it and they're like, is she dating someone still? Or, because this seems like a breakup poem. And I'm like, that's right. Keep them guessing. I mean, it's <laughs> You'll true. You'll never know. You'll never know. Ain't no ring on my finger. You ain't going on my gram. It's Cardi B. So what's up. It was so funny because the other day when I was, like, bitching to you and Ashley Mm -hmm. about, like, ex-drama, right? Once I get in the car, guess what song was on the radio? What? Single Ladies. The Universe. Yeah. I'm like, are you right? I know, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Universe is, like, not really telling me anything about, like, love or anything like that except in regards to other people. But it is telling me to write. And also it's telling me that Hecate. 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 Wants to connect with me. So hmm. that's all I'm getting these days. But yeah, glad I was being very clear with you. Yeah. <laughs> Not so you don't like it? Should have put a ring on it? Exactly. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on um, Okay, so moving on. There was someone, and I'm not going to say his name, but he is one of, um, he's someone I, I know, an acquaintance. And he said, Something I was thinking about pertaining to bipolar is when you're so depressed that you lose your sense of identity. Your whole concept of self becomes seemingly illusory. And this is actually a symptom. Um, There's two things. It's derealization and depersonalization. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys what WebMD says about both of these. So derealization is a mental state where you feel detached from your surroundings. People and objects around you may seem unreal. Even so, you're aware that this altered state isn't normal. More than half of all people may have this disconnection from reality once in their lifetime. So that's derealization. Now we have depersonalization. This is from Wikipedia. Depersonalization can consist of a detachment within the self regarding one's mind or body or being a detached observer of oneself. Subjects feel they have changed and that the world has become vague, dreamlike, less real, lacking in insignificance, or being outside reality while looking in. It can be described as feeling like one is on autopilot and that the person's sense of individuality or selfhood has been hindered or suppressed. So it happens in a lot of different disorders. Um, It can happen in Um, dissociative identity disorder, anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, schizoid personality, hypothyroidism, um, schizotypal personality, borderline, obsessive compulsive disorder, sleep deprivation, seizures. So these can, (laughs) these can come out. I did want to address this topic because I've talked about it with other people that have experienced it. And it is one of the weirdest feelings. Um, This is also how I know my bipolar disorder is getting worse. Um, basically 
I don't feel like I'm attached to my body and it feels like everything is behind a glass wall. I can't connect with the world. Like I, I don't feel a part of my body. I don't feel a part of myself. Everything feels really fake. It's almost like I can see myself doing things, but I, I'm not, I can't relate to this person that I am. I can't relate to anything. It feels like a waking dream. And it's definitely one of my least favorite parts of bipolar disorder. It's fucking scary. But I do want to talk about it because it's not as crazy as people would have you think. It's one of these things that can happen in many different disorders for many different reasons. So if you're feeling this way, just know that it it will pass. It will go away. And you do probably need to talk to a therapist and a psychiatrist if it is something that continues to happen because it's very scary and it's it's hard when you're in that state to participate in this reality that does not feel real so I just kind of wanted to like shout that out and like talk about it for a second because like I get it and I I want people to understand that if they're feeling this like you're not the only one I have many people in my friend group that feel the exact same way sometimes so yeah Welcome to my mind. It's crazy in here. I don't know. Honestly, like, I feel like I could go off for like another three podcast episodes just about mental health, just about bipolar disorder. To finish this up, um, I had a few, I had a couple of my friends send in some poems. So if you're good with wrapping up, I think I'm going to read some of these and then we'll close out. Sounds good. All right. Um, this is from my friend, April. She is a fantastic poet and her poem is called Sedative. And I really dig this one. Let's start. Sedative. It was intangible yet persistent in its ritual incapacitation, that kind of attraction, inherently hypnotic sedative Inviting, as in pristine wilderness, one that calls exclusively to the reckless, as incessant as the shriek of Roman candles, unfettered in our hot breath. We cultivated an atmosphere quietly infatuated with chaos, the eerie potency of our thoughts, the collective recognition of profound lust, the result of some unholy evolution inherent in us from the first touch, our hands having poorly caged impulsive beasts charged forth to the hungry freedom found with fingertip to mouth, hushing the wail of sirens, signaling invasion. And when I talked to April about this poem, so guys, this is April's uh, explanation of the poem. So I'm going to let her say it in her own words from a voice memo that I received from her. And then I will link you to everything she's got. So, I mean, it goes without saying the piece is obviously describing a essential moment um, and giving it a landscape and and metaphors. But I think the threaded thing throughout is really how I say that it's it's a ritual incapacitation, uh, inherently hypnotic. And sedative, um, it, you know, intoxicating to to the reckless people that have a tendency to seek out those highs to balance out the lows. Um, 
quietly infatuated with chaos. I mean, these are all things that we do when we are hurting inside, when we feel inherently unseen or unloved or broken, we seek out these, like it says in the poem, these, these Roman candles streaking in our skies. We reach for people that are destructive, that will aid us in our destruction of ourselves. And we do the same thing with drugs and alcohol. Um, but it's interesting that one of the areas that doesn't get examined enough is the ways that we cultivate toxic relationships as a means of both fulfilling and further harming ourselves. So that was my friend April's poem, Sedative. And I definitely can relate to this as someone that spiraled from grief um, of losing my father and then ending up in a very toxic relationship where we were both monstrous, terrible to each other. But it was also such a high. Um, the highs were so high and the lows were so low. And I guess maybe it felt very familiar in my bipolar disorder. But I do agree with her that a lot of times <clears throat> we seek out unhealthy attachments and relationships as a kind of drug. And uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> just had to uh, applaud her for that one because she yeah. is a fantastic poet. If you want to read more of her stuff, you can find her on Instagram at Foxes and Poems. And her website is foxesandpoems.wordpress.com. Fantastic poet, guys, truly. Next... I have my friend, Laura. Um, Laura has been my friend since we were nine years old. <laughs> we go back, we go back. And has published, self-published two books, Gray and Johnny Kidd and the Art of Dreaming. And when I asked Laura to send me um, a few poems, I was aptly rewarded with a few. This one is from Gray and it is called auditory. Hush. The voices in the ceiling are speaking again, and I spent all night trying to listen hard enough to finally hear what they've been saying every time I can't sleep. That is about auditory hallucinations, which I have definitely dealt with before, and they are so fucking annoying because basically you're just lying there and all of a sudden it feels like you can hear people talking in the other room, which also like I have a ghost in the bag, but that will save that. I really do though. Like Erica and Kimberly heard it too. It wasn't just me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, auditory hallucinations are a pain in the ass. <clears throat> so I really liked that one. Um, this one is called pieces. I try not to count the hours I wasted mending and breaking and mending again, sewing seams into myself, then tearing the thread. I don't like thinking about the scraps of me abandoned on dirty floors, and I don't like wondering what I looked like when I was whole. I pretend I can't remember the first time I ripped open, but I can't forget the way my voice tastes when I swallow it. I don't miss being patchwork, parts haphazardly reassembled, but sometimes, I miss being pieces. Yeah, I definitely understand that one too. Killing is a complex journey. <laughs> I feel like healing never stops. Nope. Always got to be healing, working on yourself. 
And this one is called Wraith Song. My mind has never been a quiet place. Too many stories trying to speak. I've forgotten what it's like to be alone with myself. Too many ghosts spilling tongues all over the carpet. I hear the whispers outside my window, voices hovering in the dark, discord drowning out the melody of my own making. I've forgotten what silence sounds like, too busy trying to translate the invisible into a language I can speak outside my head. Love this one. I just, I love the way Laura writes. Um, I think I can definitely relate to this one. There's so much buzzing and I don't know, there's, there's so many pieces and buzzing and things going on inside of your mind and ghosts. Sometimes it's hard to come back to reality. Sometimes it's hard to not isolate. Um, it's easier to be alone with the ghost than to face the world again sometimes. They call us gray one, hedge witch, walker between, existing in the gaps on the borders. Perhaps we're a new breed, half human and half sky, little bodies struggling to hold the weather. It's a really beautiful take on Borderline. It's a really, really beautiful take. Um, Laura has a way of writing that is so authentic and beautiful, but written in a way that I think is very accessible. So if you want more of these amazing poems, I suggest you go to L.M. Bailey, and that's B-A-I-L-E-Y.com, L-M-Bailey.com. Those poems were all from Gray, but there is also my favorite, another book. It's called Johnny Kid and the Art of Dreaming, and that makes my romantic heart go pat, pat, pat. So <laughs> I love Johnny Kid and the Art of Dreaming. Uh, dreaming, words. Anyway, <clears throat> so everything about Laura is on that site. Um, books and like social media and all the things. So get on there. Go on foxesandpoems.com as well. Check out April. Um, April's writing is so full of symbolism and magic. It's always such a journey trying to find pieces and truths inside her poem. And you can come up with different things every time. They are two of my favorite writers in the entire world. So if you could go and support them, that would be fucking awesome. So, yes. <laughs> We'll end on this one that I wrote. It was a few years. Um, I, th I think I wrote this last year. So we'll end on this, okay? Uh, this one I wrote, it's called um, Taking, Taking Back My Power. Do you remember the names you called me as a child? You called me an ugly parasite, a weird child, a thing with no love to be given. You made fun of my big eyes, my sharp teeth, my so blonde it was white hair, my preoccupation with things that flew and fell. I wanted to feel the warmth of friendship, the blanketing comfort of acceptance, the touch of a hand that wouldn't recoil. But it seemed like the kind of wish only a million shooting stars could possibly hope to give. I would go to the dollar store and pick out jewelry to drape over the girls in my class with their shimmering bronze skin and twinkling eyes. I drew pictures for anyone that made a request laboring over them and foregoing my homework. 
I chased the boys on the playground, hunching over with my hands on my thighs because they never stopped running away. I just wanted love, any kind at all. When I was a teenager, suddenly all of you thought I was beautiful. I wore sheer stockings, short sundresses, and strappy sandals. I put glitter on my clavicle and painted my wide mouth a murderous red. I winked at the men on my walks downtown, exposing my throat as I laughed so that you'd imagine biting it with your teeth. I was just as vulnerable then as I was when I was a young and unloved child. I thought I had to be the object of your desire. And then I was hurt and bled and screamed in silence. It took me many years and so many burned journal entries to put my truth down. It took drowning in bottles of whiskey and eating everything for weeks on end and then eating nothing for more weeks. It took sleeping with faceless men, hoping that they would worship my body. They never did. They never even called me again. It took adoring my love handles, my big thighs, my stomach that was no longer flat. It took taking back my goddamn power. That power is not hers, his, yours, or theirs. This power is finally mine. I will post my photos in leotards and corsets without your permission. I strike poses with my legs wide and my sex hair wild. I write poems about erotica and love. I do not need your adoration. I do not need your love. I will write, rejoice in beauty, and love myself. I have taken back my power. So, uh, yep, I took back my power. That was mostly about leaving my last relationship. Um, I I really do feel like I could go on for, like, another two hours. And if you guys want, like, a whole episode about, like, trauma bonding and toxic relationships and, like, narcissistic personality disorder, like, let us know. Otherwise, we will be back soon with a more uplifting episode. But... I feel this is important to talk about. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we are seeing more children die by suicide every year, and I am so sick of sitting in the silence and not doing something. So here's my contribution, my writing, and this podcast. Like I want you all to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you're not crazy, and if you have no one else to turn to, please please talk to me. Like, please, please, please talk to me. I want to say I love all of our listeners, new, old, and everything in between. And I'm very grateful that you allowed me and Montana that you allowed me to take this episode and talk about mental health as it is. Um, it's really important and I want to talk about it more. Absolutely. So here's to mental health awareness month and, uh, more months to come of destigmatizing the shit out of this. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we finish up early, so we got shit to do. <laughs> As always, you know where to find us. Um, we are at everything on Bitches Don't Brunch podcast. That means we are on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, but without the eye. Um, Patreon, we posted a tea time today. We did, am I the asshole? And then did we do getting off my chest? We did another, am I the asshole? And then one was getting it off our chest. And that one was pretty intense too. So we might come with a more humorous episode next time. We'll see. Um, but we post tea times 
quite often. We post photos and, and lots of other different stuff. So if you could join, you can join for as little as $3 a month and help us fund our desires to go meet Bigfoot in the wild um, and to get tattoos because I want my heart tattoo. Thank you so much. Um, you can follow Montana at mbigsky. You can follow me at Spellbell period poet. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts or anything, please email us at beatonbrunchpodcast at gmail.com. And I think that wraps us up. I think so. All right, guys. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.